Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. I want to say this to you. This house, you're, you're such a privileged, uh, privileged house because of his life and Angie's life. And I've been fortunate enough to be around long enough to not only hear what Pastor Dan delivers. He's a great preacher, isn't he? Not only what he delivers from the pulpit, but I've been able to watch his life. And I trust and value their counsel. Uh, you know, even as much as a year ago, I, I, got to sat down, I got to sit down with them and ask them about some things about life. And he gave me counsel. And you know what? I took it. I applied it. And I'm better because of it. And so, um, you have an, yeah, amen. This is a great place to be. It's a great place to grow. And, and I want to honor both um, Pastor Ange, Pastor Dan, and the pastoral staff here at uh, CWC. You guys are doing a great work. Are you ready for some Jesus this morning? Yeah. Amen. Well, um, in Manteca, I've, like, I've got this newer reputation uh, as the pastor, Grace, Love, and Mercy pastor. And... Um, Unfortunately, that's really not what you're going to hear from me today. <laughs> I think the reason that they're calling me that is because I've, I've probably needed more than most in that area. I've, I've needed more grace than most. I've needed more mercy than most. Um, I've made more mistakes than most along the way. Um, but God has proven his great love for me, uh, just as he will for you if you will give him the opportunity. Uh, he is without a doubt gracious and merciful, but he's also a God, as Pastor Matt alluded to earlier, that is um, requiring something of us, and I I believe the word of the Lord for this house today is as simple as, um, what are you going to do differently so that you can experience different things, because we, we find ourselves doing the same old thing, the same old way, and crying out for God to do something differently in our lives. And yes, he is a God of mercy, and he hears our cries, but sometimes he requires of us to change some things up, and sometimes that costs us a little bit. So that's kind of what I want to talk to you about today. We're going to be reading out of the book of Joshua, but you can't really study Joshua without studying Moses. Two different leaders that accomplished two different things, both both of them great men of God. Both of them great men of faith. But I believe we have to look at the flaws of leadership in order to um, learn how to not make the same mistakes. Amen? Amen. So primarily we'll be looking at Joshua, uh, but we're going to zone in on um, on Moses just a little bit here and there uh, along the way. So um, how many of you know that with God, there's always a promotion on the table? Okay, what happens when you're offered a promotion at work? Generally, when you're at work and you're offered a promotion, what happens is that, you know, the contract will be written up and it will be, you know, whether it's slid across the table or however it's presented to you, you're going to be offered um, a, a promotion that includes with it a contractual agreement to perform the duties wherein, right, or therein. And so uh, what I'm here to tell you this morning is that God always has a promotion on the table. He always wants to take you to the next level. But sometimes we're sitting around waiting for God to do 
what we think only God can do. And God is saying to us, I'm not going to do a darn thing. Well, maybe that's not exactly what he says, but I'm not going to do something for you that you can do for yourself. When you will do what you can do, then I will do what you can't do. And together, we will co-labor in this thing called life, and you will achieve your dreams and assign destiny. Amen? So let's pray. Holy Spirit, this morning, uh, we, we need you. We're grateful for the Father, and we're grateful for the work of the Son. But Holy Spirit, you're the one. You're the one that's walking with us and speaking in our ear and suggesting things along the way, suggesting change. And so today I pray that we would hear your voice loudly and that all the excuses and the fear would be wiped away for your glory in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so let's talk a little bit about promotion this morning. First of all, promotion, very easily, uh, a simple definition of what promotion is, is the act of raising someone to a higher position or rank. How many of you want to go up? Level up, right? Level up. Promotion happens when we prove we can handle it, right? Pastor Matt mentioned I'm a a business owner. I'm not going to offer a promotion to to somebody who doesn't already uh, show responsibility in what they've been given, and see, I think that's how we can, we can become as Christians sometimes. We want to cry out to the Lord and say, oh, Lord, I need you here. And, oh, Lord, could you just do this for me? And, oh, Lord, your word says this. And I have a promise in your word. And, God, I want to see that promise unfold. And God says, uh-huh. But I'm not going to give you something. It's not in my nature. It's not in my nature to waste my resources. So I, I can't hand you, even though I want to, It's against my nature to give you something that you wouldn't be able to hold if I gave it to you. And sometimes we have to let go of what we're holding on to in order to take up something else. Amen? So maybe the abundance that we're promised in God's word, we know what the word of God says in John 10.10. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and life abundantly. And all of us love the second part of that verse. We love the second part of that verse, but most of us, statistically, will never experience the second half of that verse. Because we're unwilling, and I didn't say unable, because we're unwilling to take responsibility for what the Lord has already shown us. Amen? All right, so um, let's not mismanage the resources of God. All right? Joshua 1.1 says this. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise... Go over this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. I want to present to you this morning, I want to propose to you this morning, that we can't move while we're mourning. Mourning presents itself in so many different ways. Okay? Mourning, we could, be, we could mourn over the loss of a loved one. We could 
mourn over a broken relationship. We could mourn over a child that's, that's acting a fool. You know, we can, we can mourn over all these things. And if we're not careful, we'll get, we'll get stuck in like this season of mourning. And God is saying, I'm not going to move you on until you sever this thing that you are allowing in your life to disable you from, from managing what I am preparing to hand you. So for some of you, it might be time to let go of some things. I want you to turn to your neighbor right now. I want you to say, it's time to let go. Okay, there's some things in your heart right now that you're, you're aware of. Some things that you've been doing that you need to let go of. There's some things that you've been thinking. There's some excuses that you've been making. There's some fear that you've been listening to. Listen, when you're agreeing with fear, it's like worshiping the devil. And I don't know if I'm in the right place this morning, but I think this is where we worship the king of glory, the one who is able to do all things. All things. So when we're agreeing with fear, when we're agreeing with intimidation, when we're, when we're agreeing with, um, with shame and we're agreeing with guilt, what we're doing is we're applauding the enemy. All of the things that I just mentioned have been, have been dealt with. So supernatural courage belongs to you. It's yours. It's your right as a son, as a daughter. It belongs to you. So we can't mourn and move at the same time. So today you get to examine and you get to hear the voice of Holy Spirit as he whispers to you even now. Saying it's time, it's time to move on. It's time to move past that. It's, it's time to quit allowing that thing to become an excuse in your life because you have a job to do. You have a job to do. Uh, the difference between, one of the differences between Joshua and Moses is clear. And it's not on my notes, but if you're taking notes, go ahead and, and, and write down Exodus chapter 14. And I'm going to start in verse 10. I'm going to read, um, this is... Uh, I'm going to use this, so just stay with me. This is an area of scripture where um, the children of Israel, uh, the Hebrew slaves, had been um, miraculously, supernaturally delivered from bondage, from slavery. God had literally taken them out from under the oppression of Pharaoh and Egypt. They had seen the plagues with their very own eyes. They, They were there to experience the, the blood on the, on the doorpost and the, and the death angel passing over each. They'd, they'd experienced that. Yes. And now they're, they're, they're leaving Egypt with, with gold and silver and plunder of the enemy. Okay, they're, they're, they're in captivity one minute and then, and then their captors the next minute are handing them their necklaces and their rings and their gold. And, yes. and they're headed out, walking through the desert, right? And... They're approaching the Red Sea, and Pharaoh's on their tail, and the armies are on their tail. And this is where we pick this up. It's in verse 10 of chapter 14 of Exodus. It says, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked huh, when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. Wait a minute. Didn't they just see deliverance? They cried out. 
to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why do you make, make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you that this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves. You know what? I feel like the body of Christ, we might not be verbalizing that today, but it really is the cry of our heart. I'd rather just be a slave with no responsibility than an heir with some work to do. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, and here i got to paint the picture again because it's dramatic, right? So um, Ten Commandments, any of you OGs? I know some of you young people haven't seen it, but Ten Commandments, Charlton Heston, big guy, hair blowing in the wind, you know? <laughs> they're walking, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're at the brink of the Red Sea, and, you know, he's on the rock, hair's blowing and deep voice deep voice Moses tells the people he prophesies he prophesies to the people he says do not be afraid just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today the Egyptians you see today will never be seen again the Lord himself will fight for you just stay calm prophetic word next verse Then the Lord said to Moses, fool? No, that's not exactly what he said. (laughs) Come on, think about this. The very next verse, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to move. Wait a minute. Moses just said, stand still. (laughs) Prophetic, all prophetic-like. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And God said, Moses, you missed it. You missed it. Tell the people to move. I'm tired of doing things for them that they can do for themselves. You're perpetuating poverty. You're perpetuating poverty. Moses, I love you. You're an amazing leader and you've done great things, but we've got to change some things up here. You've got to teach the people that they can't continue to think like slaves. Slaves just wait around for somebody to do something for them, kind of like being in prison. No responsibility. They wash their sheets. They prepare your meals. They do everything for you. It's a slave mentality. Moses was perpetuating this, and God was saying, Moses, you're not quite right, Moses. We're going over, but I'm not going to, you need to tell them to move, okay? We need to understand the, 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 the potential in this. Because when Joshua got to the Jordan, after Moses was dead... We just read it, now arise. He said, uh, Joshua, you don't get to stay in your morning. Now is the moment. This moment is full of potential. Your purpose is to change not only your destination and your destiny, but the destiny of an entire nation. Let me talk to the church this morning. We have some responsibility. We have responsibility to our families, to our children, to their children, and to theirs that we will never see. We are tied to them via responsibility, and we have to make decisions today. Right now, in this moment that is absolutely full of potential, 
We have to do things differently. Joshua was presented with an opportunity to take advantage of a moment. This moment right here and right now is full of potential. Excuses have to go. Blame has to go. Well, pastor, you don't know my wife. If you knew what she was doing, or, oh, pastor, you, my, 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 my boss, he'll just never, you know, he just has it in for me. You know what? Excuses, excuses, excuses. You're not subject to those laws. You got to take some responsibility. I'll say again what I said first service, hoping not to step on anybody's toes. But sometimes we have to do some things differently. Don't come and ask me to pray for for healing from diabetes when you turn away to turn and walk away from the altar with the Snickers in your back pocket. Because I won't do it. God's a good manager of resources. He's a good manager of resources. He's, he's not going to hand out his, his wonderful, beautiful gifts while you're mismanaging the ones he's already given you. Take responsibility for your marriage. Take responsibility for your children. Take responsibility for your job. Take responsibility for your future. Do some things differently. And then watch God show up. And accomplish the things that you can't and that I can't. After 40 years of wandering, Moses was gone. Again, let me just say, there's some things that are gone and dead in your life that you're trying to climb into the grave and resurrect, and God says, leave it. Move on. You can't mourn and move at the same time. Moses' passing was a prophetic moment in that it was a time for something different. Do you realize in Joshua chapter 14, or Exodus Exodus chapter 14, I think it is. Um, Where was it? Joshua 14. One more time. It's Numbers, I promise. Numbers chapter 14. Um, Numbers chapter 14 speaks um, speaks of Joshua and Caleb. And it it says, there's a statement in there about Joshua and Caleb. It says they had a different spirit. And what that means is they were willing to do something differently. You guys remember the story. They were the, t- the ten sp- two spies out of the 12 spies that had a different report. Yes. Think about those percentages. I think it still applies to the body of Christ today. Two are going to go for it, and ten are going to make excuses. Come on. Will you be in that percentage? This moment is full of potential. For us, are we ready for change? Some of you would say, I want things different. Oh, I wish things would change. And, oh, I, I want to see things different. And I, I wish things were unfolding. And I wish I had a new job. And I wish I had a new husband. And I wish I, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> are we ready for change? If we're ready for change, then we're required to take some responsibility If you don't hear anything else today, hear this. The difference between a slave and an heir, a son and a daughter, the difference between a slave and an heir is responsibility. Amen. Amen. Joshua 1.1, now. Now. 
Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass. Now, there's something about taking advantage of every moment that we are presented with God, you know, every moment that's presented to us from God. Now is the time to believe because if we don't believe now, we might miss our moment. And thank God he's a God that, that presents us with another one because, as I said, there's always a promotion on the table. It's just a matter of whether or not you will do something with it. Will you sign the contract? Now faith is what Hebrews 11.1 talks about. It's talking about a faith that doesn't procrastinate. It's talking about a faith that doesn't make excuses. It's talking about a faith that shakes off the heaviness, shakes off the disappointments. I was, I was able to talk to the ladies yesterday about something that's really been on my heart, and that's that we can't hide from, we can't run away from seasons of our lives. And, and you know what? That's what we perpetually try to do. You know, there, there's, there's lousy seasons in our lives, and we don't want to look at them because they're ugly. And God wants to take us by the hand and say, let me show you what redemption looks like. Amen. Redemption is me walking you back into that place, moving away the dirt, and finding that piece of gold and putting it in your hand so that you can look at that thing differently. So that thing that you went through can change you instead of mark you. There's not one thing in your life that you haven't experienced that God can't use to produce anointing in you. So what we talked about yesterday. You want to be authentic? Then you have to embrace every season. Because he was in it. Whether you saw him there or not, he was there. He's omniscient. I love this scripture, and this jumped out at me. And every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I have given you. Here's the line. Looks insignificant. As I said to Moses, what was God saying to Joshua? Look at this same promotion is on the table. What are you going to do with it? That's that's what that line right there, that little tiny piece of that scripture. As I said to Moses, Joshua, what are you going to do differently? Because if you don't do things differently, you're going to end up just like Moses, dead right across the river from your destiny. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. See, God is, is, is showing Joshua the expanse. He's saying, you're not just going to go into the other side. Once you get there, the boundaries, you're going to expand. Look at your neighbor. Come on, I know this is churchy, but do it anyway. Look at your neighbor and say, it's expansion time. It most certainly is expansion time. Yes. Um, All the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able, no man, not all but just a few men, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I am with you. I will not leave you. 
I will not forsake you. What does that mean? If you're forsaken, it's not because God has forsaken you. That's what that means. Which requires looking in the mirror and observing the thing and taking responsibility and changing it. And changing it. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. What will you do differently? This is your moment. This is your day. Some of us are sitting around waiting for God to do things on our behalf, and God is sitting back, and saying to us, or at least saying to me, this is how I hear it. Maybe he doesn't talk to you the way he talks to me. Maybe he talks to you differently. But this is what he says to me. Sometimes I can be about my thing doing, going on. And he says, he says, how's that working for you? Really? That's how I hear Holy Spirit sometimes. You enjoying yourself? Because I'm, I'm not in this with you. Not willfully anyways. Scripture said, I'm never going to leave you, but I don't really want to be here. Do you want to be here? That's kind of how he's, that's kind of he, you know, it's kind of how he talks to me. So what will you do differently? See, when Joshua got those, uh, uh, those leaders, Moses was dead. They loved their leader. Joshua loved his beloved leader. He wanted time to mourn, and God said, nope, we're not going to miss this moment. He said, arise, get up. Get up, Joshua. The time is now. I'm tired of, of putting the promotion on the table and, and seeing it walked away from. So, so I'm going to require something of you. You're going to need to get up. You're going to need to leave Moses behind. You're going to leave, need to leave the territory behind. And you're going to need to take the people and you're going to, in three days, he says, Joshua, Joshua said to the leaders, get up, get your stuff together, leave what you don't need because in three days we will go over the Jordan. The Jordan that they had passed time and time again, looking right over that Jordan as they're walking off once, one more time, looking at their destiny and walking the other direction. God's calling you to a place. Church, the time is now. What will you do differently? Joshua had a job to do. And when he got his marching orders... His opportunity for promotion, he signed the contract and he told the people, get up. And when they got to the Jordan, he did things differently. He heard the word of the Lord. So he went with it. And when they got to the brink of the Jordan, most of you know it was the season that the Jordan was full. It was rushing. The river was rushing. He didn't look at the people like Moses did and say, God, they, need, they just need a little bit more help. They just, Moses, you know, was a little bit of a people pleaser. And read the whole story. He really was. Yeah. You know, he's making excuses for the people. Yeah, he, he identified with them because they were his people. But he was making, you know, just in my opinion, that was one of the flaws of his leadership. He made excuses for the people, but Joshua didn't. Joshua took them to the brink of the Jordan River, and when they got there, he said, put your foot in the river. He, they didn't say, but it's raging. It's, we could get swept away. Oh, oh, oh what, you know, what if we lose our footing? He, put your foot in the water. Get in that place where it's risky. Amen. 
The priests, they had the, they had the ark on their shoulder. They were taking God into the obstacle. They were t- taking God into the challenge. See, that's the problem that most of us, Lord, we're looking at the challenge and we're trying to figure out how we're going to do it. Just go into it. Bring God with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So if you're mindful of him in the process, he will give you, he will give you the process as you go. As you go. You have a job to do. Your purpose is bigger than you, as I said. The scripture goes on to say, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. This was the prophetic word of the Lord saying, look, things are going to happen along the way. If things don't happen, if challenges don't, don't arise, if distractions, what's a distraction? I don't know, a broken heart? Could be a distraction, right? A setback in the job place, a, 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 a layoff. It's, it's really, you know, I mean, it's a big deal to God if, you're, if you lost your job or if you, don't, don't take me out of context. But it's not a big deal for him to handle for you. The problem is we get to that place and then it happens and we stop. He's saying, do not look to the left or to the right. Don't let the distractions keep you from moving because they're there to slow you down. They're there to wear you down. That's what the Bible says about what the enemy is doing in his life. He's trying to wear down the saints. And if we're not careful, the enemy will wear us down with the distractions of life. Have you read the book of James lately? Count it all joy. He's doing something. He's in the midst of all of it. And if we will embrace all of it, we will see God in all of it. And he will enable us to rise up courageously and move past every disappointment, every distraction, every place of desolation in our life. I hope you can tell that I mean it this morning. Because I really do. Been around long enough to know that he can clean up my messes. But he requires me to start picking up the pieces off the ground myself. He'll come alongside me and pick them up with me. But he's not going to pick them up for me. Because then he's just perpetuating childlikeness. You know, child, not childlikeness, childishness. He's perpetuating poverty and he wants me to grow up. He wants us to grow up. So be careful of those distractions. Where, here's a question, and it hurts a little bit. But where have we refused to believe? You know, what we hear as leaders all the time is, oh, pastor, if you only knew, it it just, I can't do it. You you don't know what they've done. You're refusing to believe. Yeah, but but, but the struggle, the struggle... It, it, it's just, it's, impo- it, it, it's impossible. I, I, just, I just need God to step in. Lie. It's not impossible. The struggle becomes an excuse. Maybe you need to sever yourself from what you're struggling with. Maybe it needs to die. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, pass through the camp and command the people, saying, prepare for yourselves, for within three days you will cross 
over. Some of us need to learn how to make declarations over our lives. We're so afraid to, to, to speak something, not just with our mouth, but with our heart. We're, we're, spo- we're so afraid to make a decree uh, regarding our future and our, our destination uh, that, that God can't come alongside that supernaturally and bring it to pass. You know, the scripture says in Job 22, I'll find it, hold on. I'm not accustomed to this Bible. Job 22, 28. This is not my normal Bible. There we go. Job 22, 28. My version. Do you have the other version? Okay. Yeah, you find that real quick. Um, my version, that's because it's not my normal Bible. It says um, in Job 2, 28. Love this. You guys got to hear this. How many of you believe the word of the Lord? No. Without excuses, how many of you believe the word of the Lord? Then this one's for you. I prophesy over you today, ha. Huh? You will succeed in whatever you choose to do. It's Bible. Can I have the other one? What does it say? You will declare a thing and it will be established for you. You will declare or you will decree a thing and it will be established for you. The scripture goes on to say, and he will light up the path as you move. See, the thing about a decree, when a king makes a royal decree, he doesn't just speak it. He puts things in place so that it will come to pass. So in order to break free from the slavery, we need to start acting more like kings than we are acting like slaves. And so he's saying, so you will decree a thing and it will be established. Some decrees need to come out of our mouths. That's why Joshua said to the people of God, in three days you will go over. Yeah, yeah, come on. Some of us are agreeing more with the prophecies that are coming out of the enemy's camp. Because it's easier The enemy's prophesying. You're fearful. You don't have what it takes. It'll never get better. He's always going to be that way. She's always going to treat you like that. You'll never get ahead. You're not qualified. And if we believe those things, it's like saying, Amen. To the wrong camp. Because the right camp is saying, you will succeed in, in whatever you choose. Here's the, here's the, to do. There, there's, the, there's, the, there's the clincher. Yeah, David. Let's just talk about it. You know what I'm tired of? I'm tired of hearing messages about, it's a new season. Because we've been singing about a new season for like six years now. <laughs> I'm li- literally, it's like, oh, God, not again. Please don't sing that song. Please don't sing that song. Because the season is now. The moment is now. Destiny is now. Purpose is now. And as I said earlier, you need to understand that your purpose is bigger than you. It's more than you. So, so we have these ideas in mind. And it's okay because that's what God. You have dreams in your heart. And they're your dreams. I said this first service. This is one of my like mantras, if, if, you, if that's not 
unspiritual. God will give you the desires of your heart. Drives me nuts when preachers are like, they put their little, um, you know, spin on that. Well, you, well you, you know, you just have to make sure that the desire, maybe your desires of your heart aren't happening because you're not lining them up with God's word. He doesn't say the desires of his heart. He says, I will give you the desires of your heart. Now, God is good. And if, if you desire a million dollars, he's probably not going to give it to you if it's going to cause you to run away from the kingdom of God and, to, and act a fool. Okay? If you desire a Lamborghini and you're driving a Lexus and you can't even wash the darn thing or change the tires or change the oil, it's unlikely because that's responsibility. Now is the time for promotion. I feel that with my whole heart. I feel like God is just waiting. You know, there's a scripture, I'm going to paraphrase it. It says... God is waiting for his sons and daughters to actually literally show up and act like sons and daughters. He will give you the desires of your heart. They could be your desires. He's into your desires. You want to start a business? Take some responsibility. Research it. Put it down on paper. Make some phone calls. Don't just think about it. Take some responsibility for it. Want to buy a new home? Sit down and look at the budget. Find out where you can take, cut some things out. Cut some things out. Do something about it. I really feel like it's time for us to quit thinking or to get out of that non-biblical kind of behavior Like Moses with the children of Israel, they had seen the goodness of the Lord. They had seen the deliverance of the Lord. They had seen the miraculous hand of the Lord. Has has anybody here experienced a miracle? If you know Jesus, all of your hands should go up. Because you were translated from the kingdom of darkness supernaturally into the kingdom of light. It's a miracle. He's the God of all power, not the God of some power. He's, he's given us authority over all principalities. All powers of darkness. But the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. You did it. You did it. You chose to do it. And now you're sitting in that junk. And there's still a promotion sitting on the table. Right in the middle of your junk, he's still going to make it happen for you. If you will take responsibility for your mess, he can make it a masterpiece. Amen? How we stand to our feet? I just want to pray something over you real quick this morning. Just put your hands out like you're, you're gonna, God's going to drop something in them. So, Father, this morning in this place, we understand who you are. You are the God of everything. That means there's nothing that will be withheld from sons and daughters that will take responsibility. So this day, in this place, we declare that things are going to change. We declare, God, this is you and him right now. 
I acknowledge my irresponsibility. And I take responsibility for change. I have dreams that I know are important to you. I don't want to stay the same. I want to grow. And I take responsibility for what I can do and trust you with the rest. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.